Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today is part two of my interview with my really good friend, Troy Evans. Hope you enjoy it. You know, you're just opening all kinds of doors. One of the things that I sense is when whenever we start talking about taking the gospel to people who are different than us, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus said to go to uh, di- um, disciple the nations. Yes. When he, when he said that, the, the word he uses ethne, and we instantly think of race, but it, it really, if you go back into the original language, it just means people groups. Yes, sir. I, I talked to a guy uh, just a couple of days ago. He's um, he 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 was a police officer. He was disabled. He's kind of a real um, you know hard edge guy. Things are right or they're wrong. That's just the way he is. He went through a divorce. Kind of walked away from Jesus for a while. Came back. Uh, now he's a ski instructor. He's old. He's he's probably. Um, 67 68 years old and he's a ski instructor and he's he's fired up for jesus like he was when i knew him when he was 20 um 18 even and he uh is is going i need to get into the ski industry with the gospel now it's like well there's a pocket of people i never ever thought of and most, most pastors that i know as soon as that they start thinking about reaching people who are different than me, they, they instantly want to go to the homeless or they, they, they want to go to a woman's shelter or something like that. But, you know, you, you just define guys, you know, Myron coming out of prison, uh, yeah. got, got a tough background, but you also talked about yourself, uh, people yeah. who have been molested, uh, people who don't know how to read when, you yeah. know, didn't, didn't learn in school, didn't, you know, uh, don't want to read. Um, you guys are doing a lot of stuff outside the church in the community. Uh, kind of expand on that and, and, and just, you know, help the people who are listening to this to begin to look in different directions than they are. You know, I, I, I sit around and think about this a lot. You know, I, I go to Japan. There, there's a whole bunch of women in Japan now who go out on, on, on the weekend nights dressed in baby doll pajamas. And and then they make up their, their their face to look like a baby. It's like the craziest thing ever. But the churches all sneer at that. It's like, these are people Jesus died for, but they look stupid to us, so we're not going to have anything to do with them. Right. That needs to turn around, and you guys are doing some stuff that others yeah. aren't. So, you know, talk, preach at us a little bit. Yeah, so... Again, I I, I I have no shame about it. The, the edge is a very selfish, self-centered church. Meaning, I, it is it is man out of out of my hurts. I'm like it, I'm, I asked, I answered the question, what if this existed for for me? I did my focus groups. I listened to to my my audience and listened to to listen to the community. I'm a I'm a, I'm a CCDA 
person. So I listen to the community, right? But it's still selfish because it's like, what what would I want? And so that's where we, we started. To, that's where we started. So one of the things we did is that we we, we talked to kids and, and youth. Uh, the, the edge was started with about 30, 30 teenagers, <clears throat> and uh, they came around. We had we had a location, and so we the, we we asked them what they needed. One of them was was jobs. And so either it's, basically dudes are saying like, yo, either you give us a job or we're gonna stick you up. You make, you make up you make the decision. I mean, we were joking. They said, they said, where are we going to go? Because they were 14, 15, 16. And these dudes are taking, they're, they're, they're breaking yards. They're, they're pumping gas. They're doing whatever they got to do to go. And then and we're just looking like, yo, what Barna's saying, like 51% of these kids, if they were involved with church, they're going to check out any moment now. It's like, well, what if we taught them how to love the church again? And what if we bribed them to do so? So we gave them jobs. So we hired about, I don't know, 300 or so youth to, to do summer jobs you know, um, to come in. We do, but we do disc profiles. And we don't just have the disc and put it in the back pocket. We help them to identify, well, you're weird. God made you that way. And let's figure out what he wants you to do weird, you know, kind of deal. You're uniquely wired and it's okay. Um, the whole church is built on the four developmental assets, you know, which is the Search Institute. And uh, so we just basically decided that, that there's some assets that you should have to be successful in life. So why don't we be a part of that? So we create one of them is, is having a safe place in the community for, for youth to go, which will help students feel. And so churches are typically closed. We're not. I mean, literally, 16-year-olds have keys to the, to the building. Um, people have lived, they live in our basement, the church basement. Um, uh, you know, so, so, part, so, so that's part. So that's the unofficial part. Um, so we, uh, so 51% of the kids in our, in our community do, does not, they don't graduate from high school. And we're talking about, you look at Forrest Magazine, it's that Grand Rapids is always in the top five places to live in America, in Forrest Magazine. But in the same magazine, it said it's the w- second worst place to live in America for Black folks, economically. The mm. same, but there's two stories in the same city. Wow. Right? And so I'm typically looking at the latter. And so it's like, well, so what, what do we, what do we do about that? So, um, so 51 percent of the kids in Grand Rapids do not graduate from high school. That's part of the problem. 70 um, percent of the kids in a, a school that's adjacent to our our church, 70 percent kids do not read at their reading level. We know the United Way would suggest that they're 10 times more likely to end up in prison. In order to end up in prison, they have to commit a sin. So I think God cares about that. Yeah. So that we would not just be, we don't adopt schools. I mean, we don't, we don't do that. No, no, people say, so how big is your kids ministry? It's like 600 of them. We only got 40 in our actual church because we, uh-huh. that school belongs to us. Yeah. We're there. When somebody dies, somebody gets sick, they come to us because we, we love doing that. So we provide, um, uh, the kids walk over about 15, we do 15 a year. Um, we've done it for eight years. They walk over, they're required to be at least one year behind the reading. Um, and then with 65% of them, by the end of the school year, um, are reading at their reading level or above. Wow. We have a teacher and this kind of thing. And we, we, and we, we do that, but here's the dope thing when they walk in, because we can, when they walk into the church, they, they're quoting scriptures <laughs> that, yo, you just want them to read, right? You don't care what they read. Yeah. You want them to read. And so we just believe, well, why don't they read? So what's happened is, is that so the little cute little Christmas programs they do at schools, guess where it's held? It's held at the church. Wow. Principal, the, the family, we're in a 75% Latino community. Wow. So 
you can imagine what that it's, it's just an explosion so our church is not what you see on sunday morning probably our greatest church is that is that student ministry is that is that kids ministry we do uh, we do entrepreneurial things like you know um so the, every most young young black boys they, they want to be an nba they want to be a boss or own a business you know or they or they want to do they want to do something else crazy and so we said we'll listen to them we never tell them no but just we just say how do you get there and we help them develop uh, uh strategies for their lives we do mission objectives strategy tactics with, with, with kids and help them figure out well, here's your mission, what's your objective, what's your strategic of your your, your, your your goals, and then what are the tactics to get there. And so one of the things is like develop a business. And we've done that. We've done it 17 times. And uh, Hustle Pray would be one of them. Um, but one of the ones I would say we're proud of is that we all churches have artists, but most churches don't give a rip about them. All churches have entrepreneurs, but there's no strategic they need different type of ministry. You got these artists traveling. They're, they're in these hotels. These my guys. They got there's there's Christian groupies. That's knocking on the door. Like they're knocking on doors, throwing panties. I'm sorry. That's just the facts. Uh -huh. Who's ministering to that? Yeah. You know. And so we got. We're the only hip hop church in Michigan. So anybody that gives their life to Christ that raps, where do you think they're going? You know. So they come to us and they are rough. I got dudes that calling me saying, "Hey." Before we put him on stage, six weeks prior, after, he's calling me saying, like, Troy, uh, hey, man, I, I got somebody in the trunk. What should oh. I do with him? Oh. These are all facts. Who's going to minister to that? But he's a dope rapper. He wants to be he, he wants to be a Christian, but he just doesn't know how. So we decided to start a, I don't want to do a record company, I, you know, but we, we started an artist development group. And we said, we're going to treat, we're going to train you how to be a Christian artist. And we have these, this is called the formulas, eight, eight modules to that piece. We're teaching them everything from how to make a disciple, because everybody says make disciples, but give a dude that has never read a book, something on a napkin and show them how to make disciples and tell them to get started today. That, that's what we do. We say, go do it. Go make disciples. If you don't do anything else but to teach them to obey everything Christ has commanded you to do, whatever the command that you know, then that's all you need to do every day. Teach them that one command. And teach them that and we do that but then it's, we slip all the way over can you identify your target audience can you read a pnl statement do, 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 do you know do you know how to read a contract so we teach them the full spectrum of that do you do you, are you studying the craft um are you are you giving financially are you giving your time telling the treasure back back to your community and, and ministry so those, those are those are a couple of things and then um yeah so those are those are, those are some, some some big things that we do in terms of outs our the ministry itself is such a the whole thing's outreach <laughs> you know uh, and we don't make we don't make we don't make a big distinction between inreach and outreach we just say we're, there's people that need to be loved and it's quite, it's quite fascinating who paul was writing to when we started looking at writings you know <laughs> it's the same it's the same conversation with with the with, with, the, with the church as it is with the with the greeks just like, bro, don't come here playing, having a party, yo, with the, with with the food, with the, with the communion. This ain't go home with that. Yeah, it's a conversation. I don't have to have a separate conversation for the loss and for the. I don't need to. Right. It's messed up, and so so our, so the church draws people that are messed up, and uh, it's more. It's a we're splitting thirds. You know, it's very multi ethnic, multi generational, and so it's just all all over the all over the place. Um, so yeah.
don't know if I, I said a lot, but. Oh, you did. This is, I mean, you got my head spinning. It's, this is really, really good. Uh, talk about the churches split into thirds, uh, multi-ethnic, multi-generational. Yes. So when we first started, I was so, I was so new to, I was, I was used to black church. I come from the church of God in Christ. Right. Uh-huh. And you know, and I was used to black church, you know, I liked white people at that point. I couldn't stand white people prior to it, but then it got to a point where it's like, well, man, these people are nice. And somebody lied to me, you know, all we, white people are not the devil, you know, um, by the way, the gang I was involved with, that was a teaching. It's part of El Islam, part of the nation of Islam, all that kind of stuff. That was a teaching. But by the time I hugged enough white people, and then my the man who was my father, more than my own biological father, is, is white. Somebody lied, you know? Um, and so, uh, I forgot your question, Ralph. I'm, I'm getting old. Oh, no, no. You you, you talked about uh, church being in thirds, um, uh, yeah. and, and yeah. age-wise. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So, so we're planning the church. We, with all that stuff said, we basically said, um, you know, we're going to plant this this church that's going to relevantly reach the hip hop culture for Christ. And when we think of hip hop, we think of one thing, but uh, but hip hop is, is is a culture. You know, they ain't going nowhere. I'm 50 years old, and it was birthed before I was born. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and we think about hip hop. Majority of hip hop music is purchased by white teenage females. Uh, most most of your mainstream big time DJs are white dudes. Yeah. Most of your true b boys or dancers that are that are in the garage like right now are Latinos mm-hmm. and or are Asian dudes. Wow. And as we know, are black dudes. That's a multi ethnic experience, an opportunity. And so early on, I caught on to that. And then the elements of hip hop is love, love, peace, unity, and having fun. I think can reconcile all those in scripture. And so it's like, wait a minute, this is a perfect opportunity for a marginalized people group to, to go after, and it will be multi-everything. I'm 50 years old, and I, 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 my worship music is, is Christian hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And so multi-generational was, was there. But what we have to do is to stand on that and be prepared to lose people. Um, to stand on, like, we're, we're here to reach a subculture of people. Yeah. And what it was, it, it, it drew... It's, it's drawn. I thought I thought all the white people were going to, the white and the beige people, I thought they were all going to leave, you uh-huh. know, because immediately everybody rushed the novelty of it all, I guess. And, and uh, but no, people stuck around. It, it was, it was one thing about hip hop, Ralph, is, is that it's like, it's like country. Yeah. As long as you keep it honest and keep it, keep it, keep it gritty. You start being somebody that you're not. Yeah. Authenticity is a requirement. So people that want that and desire that of all walks of life come and be a part of that. And so we, we have, we have, I mean, literally every hue in the church, um, age is all over the place. Um, it's, it's just, it's just, I don't, I, it's God 100%. We're not that good. That's great. So take us into Hustle, Pray, Eat. Yeah. So Hustle, Pray is the 17th company that we started. Um, this one was a little weird. It was my nephew who, I mentioned earlier, one of my brothers was shot. None of them died. Uh, all of them severely injured. Um, but the, the, my my older brother, he he he, uh, he got messed up as a result, and so he started drinking heavy and all this stuff. So he never spent time with his with his son um, like that. And so I, uh, when I came back to Grand Rapids, he was like 13 years old, and I was doing another church plant. So he was involved with me then, and so then he helped. He's helped me plant 
three church, three or four churches since then. And, um, and so I took him to China. Um, I went on a trip and he was dancing and doing his thing. He's a great dancer. And he got on the plane on the way back. It was his first time ever on the plane, by the way. And uh, on his way back, he said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to, I want to glorify God through, through my through dance. And I'm like, yes. So then we, so, so when we got back, we started his, his company. We put a dance school in, in the church. So wow. and, um, and so we started, we, we started doing that. And uh, so then he later became a DJ for one of our other guys. Then is Stephen Malcolm. Um, Steve, Stephen is arguably the, nobody in Christian hip hop has done as much as Stephen. You got Lecrae, you got KB, and you got Stephen. You know, so he signed with uh, King of Country. He's on the same label as King of Country. Yeah. So Stephen is, he came to church with a 40 cal. Now he's spreading the gospel. He'll be doing Winter Jam again for the second time this year, all over the world for, for Jesus. It's crazy what, he, what he's doing. But he, but Mark is his DJ. And he's the flavor flavor of Christianity, you know, uh, Christian <laughs> Christian hip hop. And he's he's the hype man and just doing his thing. But he needed merch to go out with him. And so these three words are there are our family values. And so he said he, he just threw them on the shirt. And our, and basically, hustle means that God designed us before the fall to work hard and to work smart, to work hard, rest hard. Um, he wants to pray, to seek him. He's not impressed with words. He's not impressed with time. And so he doesn't care if you're praying for 47 hours or 47 seconds because he's not confined to it. But it's a, a lifestyle of seeking and surrendering to him. That's what we mean by prayer. And then lastly would be eat, which means to take care of our family not community, mind, body, and spirit, because that's what we're commanded to do. That's so good. That's so good. I, I want you to come back and uh, talk a little bit more about the book. And, okay. um, you, you know, just uh, what would I, uh, I, I'm a white middle-class person. I was last pastoring in Honolulu, Hawaii, super um, uh, inter, inter-ethnic community but very middle class. I, I mean, whatever, you know, we were the last church I pastored, we were in a movie theater in a wealthy part of town uh, because we couldn't get in a public school. We'd started enough churches that, and other people started copying us, which was good. And there was yeah. a school and every, every public school in the state had a church in it. So the community we wanted to be in, um, we couldn't be in because we couldn't get the school. So the next best thing was this movie theater but there were no rich people in the church. It was all middle class and lower middle class people. Uh, ethnically, we were super diverse. I, I mean, I would one one of the joys of my life was, you know, we'd have always like, you know, we were kind of a more rock and roll church, and and so we'd have thirteen people in a worship band, and not one of them would be white. And when you do that with a white pastor, you're doing something. You know, that was. Because uh, most white pastors in Hawaii are pastoring white churches, wow. and so, um, but here I am. I'm I'm a middle class white guy. Uh, why should I? What am I going to get out of reading your book? What's it going to do to me? It allows you and then, to and stump the book. What's the title of the book for starters? And then what's okay. it going to do to me? Yeah. So the name of the book is "The Edge of Redemption: uh, Reaching the Unreachable," um, and so. Yeah, I think for, for anyone that's going to read the book, um, I, I think what it does, we have, a, we have a term, we call it live, listen, learn, return. It allows a person that may or may not have lived a life that, that 
uh, of, of the unreachable, in quotes, to take a peek, to live that life. Then it gives the opportunity to listen because it's very, it's very much a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking, I'm just, just, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you what happened, and then, and, uh, and listen, um, and then, and then learn. There's a lot of learning opportunity, nuggets, and there's some challenging things in there about the, 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 the church, both what I would say the black church and the white church, and it's, it's equal, it's an equal playing field because I've played in both of them, and they both have the issues. And so it's like, it's a very challenging thing. And then return. So whether that means you are in the urban core or you are in suburbia, no matter where it is, you, you will be able to make it uh, you make it applicable. You'll be able to contextualize the information because it doesn't matter where you're at, really. It, the, the brokenness is brokenness. And unfortunately, it is all over the place. It's smeared everything. And it, it is the same once you strip it down. So live, listen, um, learn, return. It's what you'll be able to do by just reading, reading the book. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.